0: comes from the inside out. When we're living congruently with our values, there's happiness because there is that sense of wholeness. As wholeness is when the way of your being matches the truth of your being. Uh, my, What I came here to share is my heart, truly. And... In the beginning of my life, for the first 28 years, I created and I lived trauma perfectly. And I lived the pain and the suffering of my ancestors perfectly. (laughs) And what happened is when I was 28, I had a gift of a spiritual experience where I felt a light come into my body and shoot out the top of my head, and I was forever changed. And in this experience, I knew that I had a heart, (laughs) a real heart that felt and could feel and could be alive in this world, and that I was connected to my soul. And in that connection to my soul, it was clear to me that if I listened, if I listened to the voice of my soul and its guidance, I would be healed. And in my own healing, I would be able to share my healing with others. And this I have dedicated my life to. And in the listening, it was clear to me in the listening was my meditation practice that I had to develop. So for the last 30 years, my devotion and my gratitude is in my sitting at least two hours a day. And for me, that's my greatest joy every day. So this is how I see it. The universe is a sacred, divine design that the universe is a spectrum of universal energies that unify all of us. And when we are in our bodies and we can experience the purity of the sounds, the symbols, the color, and the energy of pure frequencies and love, then it connects us to the pure frequencies and the design of the earth. And then we know that we are one with the earth, and this is what the American Indians probably understood and knew. In their design, they were connected. And they were also connected, as we are connected, to the universal designs, so that there is one fluid connection. We are a continuum. A continuum. There is no separation. Therefore, why don't we experience this? What happened that that seems like a nice, beautiful concept? I was meditating one day, and I heard the voice of my soul, and she said, I say she, (laughs) said to me, there is one thought that is a source of all disease. This got my attention. (laughs) And I listened And she said that one thought is I am not loved. And I felt that, and in that moment, in all my experience of creating healing therapies and working with people and holding space, I have seen that there is no trauma that was not inspired by the thought that they weren't loved. Once they believe that, Everything collapsed. It was like the sacred, divine print collapsed like a house of cards. And what happens when we believe that we're not loved? It expresses in three ways, globally. (laughs) One is that self-doubt, self-worth. And I know that all of us have felt unworthy at times, right? And when we feel unworthy, then we have low expectations. And we will fulfill those low expectations. If we don't trust our parents, if we can't be in an environment that we are in, a constant knowing that we can trust these beings to honor us and to hold us, then we cannot trust God. We cannot trust the universe. And we certainly cannot trust ourselves. If that happens, if we can't trust ourselves, then we look to the outside authorities to tell us who we are and what we can do. Right? And we accept that. Abandonment is the third main theme that we share. And when we feel abandoned, when then we will feel alone and we will feel isolated and we will feel that we have to do it on our own. So what happens to us when we hold these beliefs, we have collapsed in a little spectrum of reality with limited potential that is bound by our pain and our suffering that we so believe in. Right? And therefore, when we look for answers, we don't have our antenna, <laughs> our sacred geometry set so that we can get the answers that we truly need to be able to step out of this prison and this limited reality. <sighs> so, <laughs> the problem with being in this low spectrum and we talk about free will and free choice, is that when we're inside of it, it is so confined and so painful, we can't imagine that there's anything else that, no other possibility. This is it. This is who I am. I'm a bad person. I have to accept it. I have to suffer, and perhaps if I suffer enough, then I'll be free right? This is the trap. That's the trap. So once we understand that we do have another choice, that we can heal our traumas, then we have a chance. So I'm going to share a session with you about to, so you can have a feeling and an example of what we have the possibility to do. It's about a woman, her name is Annie, and I love Annie. She's she's a, a beautiful woman. She was a school teacher, and she came to me, and she said, the doctors have diagnosed me with cancer, and I have been given five years, if I'm lucky, to live. So what do you do when someone says that to you? First of all, we connect to our heart. We connect to, I asked her to connect to the beings that would give her the safety and the courage to go through the process. And she was a woman of angels, so we called in her angels and we began the process, going into the melanoma and feeling the emotion. And we gave it a shape and a color and a depth and a sound, and the sound was very dissonant, (laughs) and she listened to it. And she could feel the power of this emotion in her back. When I asked her to give this melanoma eyes and the sadness, she saw beautiful, innocent eyes. And she looked into them and she said, oh, Leah, these eyes are so sweet and they're so beautiful and they're so innocent. But she didn't want to connect to them. And I knew that she had created a connection to that unconscious piece that she needed to connect to to be able to heal. And she had the courage to take a moment and to look. And when she looked into those eyes, and I asked her, how old are those eyes? She said, oh my gosh, they're three years old. They're three years old, and I have forgotten this memory, but I always knew something happened at three. My father incested me, and my mother witnessed it. And she, in that moment, threw him out of the house, and I never saw him again. So this little girl at three years old felt somehow responsible for this, took the shame and the guilt and all her mother's pain. And here it is locked into the back behind her heart, isolated, encapsulated, and she had never felt it. And in this moment she did. So in this, the problem, the trauma is with her father. And I asked her if we could call in her father. And of course, she needed a lot of safety, so she called in not just her personal angels, 2,000 angels, her grandma, her dog. She put herself in a bubble, and she sent Archangel Michael to talk for her, which is perfect. (laughs) So she stood before her, Archangel Michael stood before her father, and I asked Annie to witnesses to see what is in her father's eyes. And what was seen was confusion and perversion. And I asked her to look and to see how it manifested in his body. And she said, oh my gosh, there's so much in his brain but it's just so pervasive. And how does he feel when he holds this? He's not himself, he's just unbearable. It makes him do things he doesn't want to do. And I said, now that you can see this, It's energy, and it's not who he is. Let's imagine we can take this and just put it aside and see your father for who he really is. And she did that, and she started to cry and cry. And she said, oh, my gosh, this is my father. I can't believe this is my father. He's so beautiful. He is so beautiful. And her little girl from the bubble flew out into his arms. And this was the first time that she was able to acknowledge and to love and receive her father's love. This was a huge, huge healing for her, but it went a little bit further. (laughs) We did the ancestral piece, and I said, we are going to go back in time and we're going to connect to the very first ancestor that held this energy that you saw. And I'm going to go back, and I also had her look at how this energy had come into her body and how she held it in her back. So she went on the journey, and she said, Oh, I'm a little bit afraid. I don't know that I can ever see anything like that. I don't know my ancestors. I said, Trust your heart. And she took a breath, and she trusted her heart. And then she saw a man on a horse. She goes, oh, my gosh, I can see this man. He's on a horse, and the horse is strong and powerful. And then she said, oh, it's an army. He's in an army. And then she saw that her ancestor in this army went to a village, and the women and the children were raped, and many of them were killed. The trauma for this man was he was a young married man With a child at home and a wife. And this was not his choice to be in this army. It was not his choice to do what he did. And this is still playing out (laughs) every day on this planet. And when he was, when it was all said and done, he could not live with the visuals, with the images, with the screaming, with the sounds of what had happened. For him, his soul was broken and he turned to alcohol to numb the pain and his life was essentially forever broken. So what we did is that we called on her ancestor and Annie was able to step in and present herself to this incredible man (laughs) that had been so wounded and introduce herself and together he connected to the rest of the army, and they met all the villagers. So in this meeting, her ancestor was representing the soldiers, and there was a woman that represented the people in the village. And they came together, and they looked into each other's eyes. And the women and the men of that village had compassion, because they could see the suffering of these soldiers. And I promise you, that it is so often that the persecutor suffers more than the victim. And when they could see this, their hearts melted and there was a union of consciousness and love. So this was a huge, even deeper, unconscious, deeply unconscious release in her body, her heart, and her soul. So when we came back into her family, we can see that these patterns, what happened 400 years ago, played out in her family. Her father was carrying the energy of war, of that century, of that moment, and the mother was holding the energy of the villagers. She was a woman who again, once again, witnessed the violation of her child. Right. So here this war is happening right in the family. Can you imagine? And this is what happens is when these energies are not healed. They're living consciousness, they're like codes or numbers. I sometimes I go, is this the matrix? <laughs> is this what it is? Is that these beliefs and these numbers and these energies are alive? and can keep repeating again and again and again and again. And that's why I know I so perfectly lived my ancestors' pain and suffering in the perfect ways that expressed all of their traumas and all of their difficulties. Is perfectly matched, perfectly resonated. So, in that healing, Little Annie, I like to call her Little Annie, she's a, a mother of two. <laughs> she did have her surgery, and I will say that also playing out in this patterning was one child of hers, With both, there was two adolescents, one was in trouble with the law, and they were thinking that he should go into the military, of course, right? Doesn't that fit the pattern? And the other was involved in drugs, trying to avoid the pain, which is again... The ancestor, right? So in her own family, it continues. And she hadn't seen her brothers in 10 years. So patterns, just repeat patterns. And when we realize that we're not the patterns, we're not the codes, we're not the energies, we're not the experience, (laughs) we're not that. But why does it seem so real? Why does it seem so real? I'll, I'll tell you, it's the pain makes it feel so real. And when we believe in this pain and and these numbers and codes, we enact it again and again, right? So it's kind of like we take everything that's too painful and too difficult to, to work with and we hide it, right? The way that Annie took that energy and she put it behind her heart and created a melanoma And this is war energy, too. She was hurting no one, yet she was killing herself, right? Can you see what I'm trying to share with you? It's like, this. let's just say, this is the matrix. (laughs) And we all have a matrix. But once we can see it, once we can look at it without fear, but just to acknowledge it from our hearts, It starts to change. It's like one day I saw the whole matrix of my family for generations, my soul stream, and I thought, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I can see this now. I always, always believed in this story. I believed in these stories. (laughs) I always believed in it and I spoke to it. I said, I always believed in you, you redefined me, you took me out of my divinity, and I became something different, and I can see you now, and you know what I experienced? I experienced darkness like finally being seen, like if we have been hidden and nobody's ever loved us, and nobody's ever looked at us, and all of a sudden the light comes on, you go, I see you. (laughs) I see you, I love you. And something, something changes and transforms. And I tell you, the energy of my family matrix started to dissolve. And I know Annie's matrix was dissolving. And when she went in for her surgery two weeks later, there was no cancer. And the surgeons are going, how could this happen? How can this be? How can this be? because we can transform reality. With our hearts, we can transform reality. And what we need to do is from our hearts, just look. It's not scary. It's not scary because everything wants to be seen and everything wants to be loved. So even if everything is of God's consciousness, even darknesses are trapped Inside an illusion of being bad. So when we stop judging it and liberate it, it can liberate us. (laughs) Well, that's a mouthful. (laughs) So I thank you, and I hope with all my heart that all of us come to really know someday that we are absolutely pure, we are good. And the only thing we ever did wrong was believe that we are not loved. <laughs> I love you. I see you. I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. We invite you to wholenessnetwork.com where you'll find the Wholeness Library. Inside, you'll find tutorials, downloads, mini classes, and all sorts of streaming content for you on your wholeness journey.